This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're so mentally unsound that they need some inspiration. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Oh, beautiful seal that time by Towns. And, and that was a frustration dunk by Carl Anthony Towns. Wiggins finds Teague open for the three. Yes, sir! Andrews played very well. He played very well down the stretch. Uh, he, he's played well in the playoffs. He's playing an all-around game. You know, the rebounding was good in the playmaking. He had five assists. He's trusting the pass. He's making the right read on the double teams. Uh, I thought that sort of, it, it, it became contagious with everyone. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, we got, a, we got a series now, at least for now. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, Wolves down two games to one. Seven o'clock tip-off tonight. Lindsey Whalen, uh, was this Chris Paul picture taken this morning? Did you run into him at the practice facility? Yeah, yeah. So we were working out from 9 till about 11, 15, 11, 20. And so they were just getting some shots up. And um, and so, yeah, I just uh, saw him. We, we met um, in London for the um, in the London Olympics. So I've known him for a while. So cool. um, it was good to see him. So I thought I'd grab a... Quick picture. So, so he, cool to see him. he comes picture. off just like watching him on the court. He comes off as one of the most surly SOBs when you're just watching him from afar. What's he like behind the scenes? What kind of a dude is he like? Oh, he's pretty chill. He's cool. He's um, you can tell he's a, t- a competitor though on the court for sure. Um, exactly what you're saying is how he is on the court. But then yeah, off the court, um, he's pretty cool. He's um, you know obviously one of the better point guards ever and uh but he's nice he's um he's a good person he's easy to talk to and um he he just loves the game so he loves all different you know levels and um he's got some youth basketball teams that he that he has and he's running so it's um he's definitely um a really really cool person and and been someone that has been good to know over the years have you ever met cliff paul uh, no, I have not. I have not. I have not. Who is, I don't, who is that? From the uh, insurance commercials? From Chris Paul? His oh, commercials, yeah. Named Cliff Paul? He should just dress up as Cliff Paul on the way to one of these, when they, when they show these he guys should. coming out of their limos. He had some or cool pants on after game three. Some nice, like, plaid pants. <laughs> uh, your, your thoughts on game three, and, and in your mind, are, are the Wolves truly back in this series now, or should we just feel good about beating a team like Houston once, Lindsay? Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, I didn't see any of game three. Um, I've been otherwise 
preoccupied doing my uh, my other my other job now. It's yeah, just two well, jobs, okay. Lindsay. I mean, Come on, you have two full time jobs, and that's fine. Yeah. You can it's you know, whatever. Use that as an excuse. You know, that's I'm fine. Gonna, I'm gonna watch tonight for sure. I I don't know if I'm gonna go. I thought about maybe going, but um, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can swing it. I might just have to watch from home. But I mean, hey, look, the the Wizards are back in it, two to two. Cleveland yeah. and Indy are two to two. So tonight's a huge one. Tonight's the big one. Um, you know, obviously they they played well. Um, to win game three, well enough to win game three. So you never know because then if you know if you win tonight, then you know you're for sure coming back here for game six. So um, yeah, I think it'll be a really fun atmosphere in there tonight. It should be pretty a pretty good game. I think. I mean, we've seen it in some of the Lynx series in the playoffs and the finals where I mean, it's possible that you get blown out by fifteen or twenty, and then when you're when you're it's all a chess match, and then you come back, mm-hmm. you figure out adjustments. I think the biggest difference here compared to maybe Link series is you never go in. The Links are never going into a final series or a playoff series as as huge underdogs. So for the Wolves, I think the question is, are, did they find something in the chess match that has swayed the series, or is it just, well, sometimes you're not going to sweep a, you know, a seven-game series. Um, I mean, that's, that's what we're going to have to figure out tonight, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. I think tonight will tell a lot. Um, a lot of times, I mean, they did what they had to do. They had to get game three, and they, they had to get game three. So now we'll see tonight. Um, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a really great game because, you know, you know that um, that this um, Rockets team is not going to, after getting, you know, handled pretty good in game three, they're, they're going to be focused. I mean, every team would be. We always are. We've gotten blown out bad, pretty bad. Um, in two different times on game three out in LA and we responded in one game four, um, two years in a row. So you're going to respond. It's going to be a different game. The fun thing about the series is no two games are ever alike. Um, the series end up feeling like they're months long because there's just so many adjustments. And so now in a seven game series, I mean, a five game series for us feels like it's, it's forever because the possessions matter so much and every quarter matters. So. A seven-game series. That's even more interesting to see. Um, you know how you know how those adjustments are. I can't even imagine you know being in that, let alone one series of seven, let alone four. So yep. um, it's a big-time grind, and yeah, we'll see what happens tonight. So how tough is it to uh, when you are on a really good team and you played the entire year, and you're the first-place team, and then you play a team in the opening round of the playoffs? That let's just say they're good, but they're certainly not great. Does it become difficult, at least at the outset, to be engaged in every in every game? Is there a certain part of you that says, you know, we, we've got to kick things into gear, but it's not easy? It's easier said than done, Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's always we're always in like a five game series right off the bat or a three game series, so you literally don't have time to just ease your way into it because you you could lose a game or two and be done. Whereas I think it may be a little different for a seven game series, but I'm sure they have the same amount of intensity. I'm sure they're going into it. You know, every game feels like. A must win. Now, okay, if you're up 3-0, is there going to be cold possessions that you know you have a couple games to make up for it that you might not, you know, be as on it mentally or you might not, you know, necessarily die for that loose ball? That that probably happens, but, I mean, it's it's all, the playoffs are so intense and every possession matters so much that, you know, one game can really swing things. And so it's just uh, it's a battle, and um, it's I would say that that most teams are aren't aren't thinking. Oh, we have you know a couple games in our back pocket. They're truly trying to win each game that night. And so uh, tonight it's going to be a great game because you know Houston doesn't want to go back two to two. 
And that's what Minnesota, the Wolves, were trying to face or force. So it's going to be a really, a really good contest tonight. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe I saw this. It was announced almost exactly 20 years ago uh, this weekend. Lynx basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. So it would have been 98 would have been the announcement, and then 99 was the inaugural season with, with Katie Smith and Andrew Lloyd Curry and, and the, the, the first uh, incarnation of Lynx basketball. So when you think, like, did you go to some of those games when you were younger watching, and then what does it mean for that franchise and like where you have helped take it now after 20 years? Yeah, I went to some games when I was um, in 11th grade. So we would drive in and go to some games and watch, and it was, uh, you know, you got being from Hutch, it's like you got to go to downtown. The cities. You to go to the cities. Did you did yeah. you call them the cities? The cities, yeah, we got to go to the cities, <laughs> and uh, we got to go to the cities. Got to go downtown, go to the game, and hang out, be at Target Center. Uh, so we, I loved. It. I probably went to three or four, maybe five games that first year that they had that we had the links, and then, um, yeah, we would have never thought at that point, sitting here twenty years later, that um, where we'd be and me a part of the team and what we've done so it's been pretty very special and um just very thankful to you know david stern he's the one that started it he's him and in the nba and then uh with you know mr taylor glenn buying the links it's um it's, we're really fortunate that we had we've had so many people that have been um just having our backs and and giving us the opportunity and giving us a chance and none of this would have would have happened without any of those those people stepping up so two weeks into the job, what has been one part of being a college basketball coach that you didn't expect that is daunting? <laughs> Probably the daily to-do list of things that um, is just kind of never-ending, and you can't really get to it all, but you try your best. Um, so, yeah, I think just the, uh, just the uh, I don't know, just some of the responsibilities that you wouldn't think that you'd be doing because of, you know, because of the job you're in, uh, you kind of think, okay, coach, so... X's and O's and running drills and, and doing all those kind of things, but there's so many parts that go to it, go with it. But it's really, it's fun. I mean, it's really cool. I'm, I'm a lot busier now, but um, it's a really good busy and it's a fun busy and um, it makes for, makes the days go quick. That's for sure. Um, don't have a ton of downtime, but it's all fun stuff. You're trying to um, represent your, you know, your state and university in the best light possible, and then you're trying to. Um, you know, make sure that, that young women are having a really good experience and, and going to, you know, getting good grades and, and, you know, opening up their future. So at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. What it comes down to is just, um, is all those things. So if you keep those things in the, in the back of your mind, when you're, when you're doing all these, um, all these different things that you're asked to do, then it, it definitely makes it worth it. And it makes it fun as well. Lindsay, I feel like a week ago, you hadn't yet talked to, to Dawn Staley when we, when we had you on, have you talked to her yet? Did she give yeah. you any advice? Yeah. yeah. I talked to her. She said, um, she said, uh, keep playing as long as I can, actually, because she's like, play, um, play a year longer than you think you should, because just to get that out of your system, playing, make sure you're done playing, not to think back, like, oh, I wonder if I should play or could play. Um, she said to keep going, and, and she said, make sure you have a great staff, a lot of people around that you can, you know, rely on and count on when you're not there and trust and all those things. Um, she said to just, um, you know, she said it's going to be, um, coaching will be, She's just uh, she was very happy because another kind of point guard that's played in the WNBA is taking over a, a team, and um, so yeah, she was happy because um, just that's all about growing the game and continuing to make things um, get better. And uh, so yeah, we had a nice, really nice talk. I was I was happy that she um, was able to we were able to connect, and I've got a number, so I'll probably be hitting her up for a lot of questions as things 
Yeah, right TCG go this summer. Yep. That's cool. Uh, good catching up. We'll see what happens. Yeah. This will be a fun game tonight for the Wolves. We'll see what happens. Be good. Yeah, right. you guys going? Uh, Judd, I'll you be going? there. Yes, I will be there. I'm going to kick my feet up and pour It'll a stiff, stiff cocktail when the Rockets go on a three-point barrage run in the second quarter. You and Tim. That hasn't happened yet, Lindsay. Like, the Rockets, the Rockets are, uh, they, they shoot more threes than anyone. They've, they've, they've yet to really get super hot from three-point range, so yeah. brace yeah. for it, I guess. It's going to be, should be a good one tonight. It'll yep. be fun. All right. See you, Lindsay. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks. Lindsay Whalen. I can't believe she didn't watch Lindsay Game Star. 3. I mean, all she has is two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just playing and coaching. I mean, big deal. I mean, that's, uh, that's. I think Dawn Staley actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure she played between four and six years in the WNBA yeah, she did and also playing. coached yeah. at Temple or yeah, wherever. she played so. for a long time. So there it is. I, I, it almost felt like. And we can talk more about this later, but because we're uh, Chuck Fletcher uh, was let go, and we'll get back to some of that and uh, get to our Mister Fix It segment. But it's almost like she needed someone to tell her how long will I be able to, f- to physically and mentally handle doing both jobs. And Don Staley's like, I don't know, do oh, it for five years. I, I think, did it for five years. <laughs> I want to say Staley though started coaching when she was in her late twenties, perhaps or th- yeah, around a little bit 30, younger. So yeah, so yeah. There, there was a little bit of a difference there. All right, so we'll uh, we'll update. I know Craig Leopold's going to speak to reporters here shortly, so we'll keep people posted on that. Chuck Fletcher's out. More information at 1500ESPN.com. Judd has prime mortgage lending for us. Here. I do indeed. And so if you're considering your options when it comes to mortgage companies, I want to make this very simple by suggesting my friends at Prime and Kent McCola for you. And that's because this isn't about simply selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, as I've been talking about for weeks now, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. You heard that correct. They would rather earn your trust than actually sell you a loan. And now you're saying, okay, that sounds great, but what does it mean exactly? That means while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first, they want to sit down, they want to explain their plan, and then the decision is up to you. That's because this is about a couple of key things. And you're not necessarily going to get this from the big guys, but you will get it from Prime and Kent. Teamwork and collaboration, that's within the Prime company, but also with, with you. That's what Prime is all about. Teamwork and collaboration, it's what Prime believes in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can pr- count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs? Here's the website to go to, goprimewithkent.com. That's go Prime. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Well, Craig Leopold was the executive producer of this segment today. He decided to fix the wild. Going to need a new general manager. So, uh, let's actually, we're going to branch this out to include the Timberwolves. Actually, you know what we could do? We could save the Wolves aspect of this for like when and if the Wolves are out. And There's just do the wild. Time. Let's just do the wild angle here. Dave's got something for us. but. Okay. Uh, Mike Kilborn and the crew at Roof to Deck help us with our Mr. Fix-It segment every week. You're going to hear more from Mike here in just a few minutes. Uh, here is a quote from Craig Leopold, who is speaking to the assembled media right now. He wants, quote, a new set of eyes on this team, somebody that doesn't have ownership over the current players. It's not a rebuild. Uh, good is not good enough. He wants to go deeper in the playoffs. So, kind of all the things that you and I have yeah, been talking about, about the first two hours where exactly. it doesn't have it doesn't even have to be a failed stint for Chuck Fletcher unless you're only grading executives and coaches based on championships or not in that case it is a failed tenure but nine years six years in the playoffs and a few 100 point seasons I think the hiring of Bruce Boudreaux was a great hiring yep and they've plateaued out with him I have no problem with somebody else taking a look at the current situation and seeing if they can move it forward. Chuck Fletcher took over what had become an older non-playoff team. 
and did a nice job. And then they signed two absolutely key players, and they've been to the playoffs on a yearly basis since. Yeah. But the way to judge this is, is as a playoff team, are you a success? And the answer so far has been no. Uh, Chad Graff has this quote from Leopold. My feeling is the last couple of years we just have not been good enough. He mentioned that losing to the Jets in the playoffs wasn't a factor. Just, I, I have a hard time believing that Here, that was a non-factor. Here's a big factor to me. When you look at your division, which is very good, the Winnipeg Jets have built a template for a team that could be good for a long time. Yeah. The Nashville Predators, the same thing. And Colorado's going to be really, really good. And so if you immediately put your, if you put your roster up against those three right now and say, how far can we go? The answer is not yeah. very. So Judd is our resident Mr. Fix-It. Let's uh, throw it to Dave Harrigan here. If we're talking about fixing this team so the team can go deeper in the playoffs, you got a bunch of aging players and you got no-move clauses, that's what the next GM, whoever that is, is going to have to take over. That, hey, this is kind of a tough puzzle piece or a, a tough puzzle to find pieces for, mm-hmm. and you want to get better. So, all right, Dave, let's do this. Yeah, the question was is very simple, Mr. Fix-It Judd. Fix the roster. Who are the guys on the roster do you still want if you're the new guy coming in, if you're trying to build a team that can compete yep. or contend, depending yep. on if you're Derek Jeter, uh, for a uh, Stanley Cup? Well, the problem is I'm stuck with Koivu, which I absolutely hate. That contract extension, if there was a death knell to me, it was that, that extension, because it made no sense. You could have let his contract lapse, created more cap room, told him, Miko, we really like you, and guess what? You're going to be a third-line center. You're going to come back next year. And we will pay you on our terms. And if you don't like that, that's too bad. You're done here. But instead, they signed him to an extension. But like I told you guys earlier in the show, what I'm going to do is, and this does not mean I'm going to trade every one of these players, but what you need to do is you need to explore the options with that second sort of tier of guys who, when they won the AB series, you thought were going to be really good. So you take Coil to Market, Zucker, Nino, Granlund, Spurgeon. And you don't trade them all. But what you do is you're very receptive to, if you get the right offer, you trade them. I think the one guy that I move without question, and it's not going to be popular, but it's necessary, is Eric Stahl. 42 goals, approaching his mid-30s, last year of his contract, can no question if he can be a second or third line guy on a really good team, can help them win. He's my first line guy. That's not good enough. And so my starting point is I'm going to maximize and without any doubt, I'm going to trade Eric Stahl. Okay, let me take Dave's question. Let me take a stab at this. Eric Stahl would, I think, for sure be one of these players. Um, So forget about who you would trade and who you wouldn't. Which players on this team right now, how many are there? Which players could you envision celebrating at the end of June hoisting a Stanley Cup? Like you've got this... Yep, you've got this Stanley Cup winning team, whether it's the Wild or whatever team is in your head. For you, it's probably a team with North Stars jerseys. But this team oh, don't make me do is don't do, is do kissing a Stanley Cup trophy. <laughs> they are they are parading around the ice with beards flowing in the Excel Energy Center wind, hoisting a Stanley Cup. And they've got North Star jerseys on. Yes, holding it holding it horizontally, Aloft. kissing it. Passing it around. Which players on the current Wild team realistically could you see in that scenario? First, I got to get my Wild towel out for the playoffs to dab my face because <laughs> that scenario just made me tear up. <laughs> this is our ice. No, I mean, Stall has to be one of them. I know that I'm, I'm not disagreeing with trading him. I'm just saying, like on the current team, which players are Lord Stanley worthy, championship worthy? Yes, well, there's so few. Um, 
Well, let's just start with the guys that I have to have of Parisi and uh, Koivu and Suter. Who Suter I still like. Don't get me wrong. Real I'm, quick, do you know why Jeb was tearing up, Dave? Cutting onions? Because it's the cop. That's actually very accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to start with if you... This is so tough to do. There's just not... There's, I mean, there's, there's some. Many, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I know. There's just not a lot. Jordan Greenway, for sure. He's six. Really? He's six foot. I love this right kid. now. He's got next season. Let's okay. just say, let's take next spring. within the next two years. So let's okay. take next spring. Greenway six foot six. He's going to put on some weight. He can be nasty. I hope for sure. Uh, Parisi has to be there, and the only other left wing who could be there is Zucker, and I probably have moved him. So I've got those three. I've got Erickson Eck. I've got. You can envision Erickson Eck right now hoisting a Stanley Cup. In two years. The guy who had Give me a two year, two years. And, okay. Give me. Yes, yes. He's not. He's a good player. No, no. Don't be fooled. We said the that goal, about a lot of these guys. I know. Like three, I know. Four years I know. Ago. But from what I saw this past year, I firmly believe the goals will come next year with Erickson Eck. But he did a lot of good things. He did a lot of good things that we don't necessarily care about. And he's young. So I can see him. Justin or um, Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning for sure. The kid can win. I feel like you're just you're answering He's this question be based no, off like your narrative for what you would do with the team. No, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And Granland, I'm going to give you Granland. Coyle, I can't do. I can't do. I can't Parisi? do him. Parisi, I said okay. yes, okay. yes. Oh, after that, so you could envision Erickson Eck hoisting a cup before Mikhail Granland. No, I'm saying that they're on the same team that's parading the cup around. I thought that was your question. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought the question I was... Thought you left, I thought you left Granlin off that. No, no, no. I said Granlin. Which players are Stanley yes, Cup I said caliber Granlin. players? I left Granlin on this okay, team. Okay, okay, okay. Brodeen, Dumba, <laughs> Suter, and I could see Spurgeon for sure. Now, now the haul that a new GM might get for Spurgeon is going to be, is going to be potentially very attractive. So you might do that. Spurgeon for sure. I think Spurgeon's fantastic. And I think Dumba is not appreciated enough, and I understand that he can drive you crazy at times, but he can do things that are incredibly valuable. And then, although I would personally move Stahl, Stahl is the type of player who could hoist a cup. Now, I'd sure. prefer he be a two or a three center, not not a one for sure. But yes, I could see Stahl as part of that equation. And then... Dubnik would have to be. I don't love it, but I don't. But I also don't blame him. Game five, he was not good. But if you, if we were to give a list of reasons why the Jets won the series, Dubnik is not a major, major problem. So there you go. All right, I just gave you a list of guys and a lot of defensemen currently. All right, so there's more meat on that bone than. Oh, it's not. No, no the. The closet's not completely barren, but the point is, you have to be. The new GM will be and has to be. Willing to accept, hey, you like Spurgeon? I'll give you a lot for him. Yeah. I'm going through some of these quotes here from Leopold, who's just speaking to the assembled media right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go through. I haven't even read all these. I'm just going to read them out loud here. Uh, Chad Graff from The Athletic. The wild coaching staff will remain in place, Leopold said. What does good enough look like? Leopold said, quote. I like that question. Oh, my God. Did he really say this? Stanley Cup. What? No. What? He, is this real? Yeah, he answered the question, what does good enough look like? And Leopold said, quote, it's like pornography. You know it when you see it. <laughs> I got to get over to the X right wow. now, boys. I got to go. I got to go because it's my job.
is waiting. He listens. He listens. That's a that's a direct quote from Judd Zolgad. You know what we just if we can, we win quarter hours when it comes to his radio. He loves your stuff. Uh, he also said, "I just don't see us with this team getting to the championship series. I think we're a good team, but not good enough right now." We all agree with that. Uh, and a new GM may have very strong, specific ideas about the rest of hockey operations department, but his opinion is the coaching staff is safe right now. I'm not Alrighty. wearing a suit and tie. I'll tell him that. I can't do that. But besides that, I'm qualified. Well, he's looking to shake up the front office, so maybe you have a... There it is. We Go, both how about a golf we a both po- know a polo when we see it. You can wear a polo shirt. <laughs> we both know it when we see it. <laughs> I can't believe that's an actual quote from an NHL owner, but apparently it is. There it is. Uh, should we uh, should we replay the fight between Judd and Caller Dave when we come back here? Yes, Phil. Yes, we should. All right. We'll do that. Uh, and while Judd might be our resident Mr. Fix-It when it comes to sports, our friend Mike Hilborn and the crew at Roof to Deck are the Mr. Fix-Its when it comes to your home, both inside and out. And every Monday on this show, early in the noon hour, uh, not only are we going to fix sports problems, but Mike is going to drop knowledge and offer value to you. So, Phil Mackey. A little smartass running around giving orders to everybody. Judd Zolgad. Judd. Do you enjoy any part of your job and any part of sports? Is there anything you take joy in? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Yeah. Let's uh, pull this name out right now, actually, before we get to your... Sparring match with Caller Dave that people may have missed early in the show. Mm-hmm. This this uh, is it. The assistant GM of the National Predators, Paul Fenton, yes. the name that's been bandied about. Yes, Do- Doogie brought that up on our show last week as a potential if uh, some people got what they wanted, which was Chuck Fletcher being fired and or not being brought back. And indeed, we found out today that's the case. The interesting connection is this. So so. Craig Leopold owned the Predators from their inception for quite a few years mm-hmm. and, in fact, employed a David Poyle, who's still the GM in Nashville, uh, during that time period. And Fenton, I think, has been there now for, for nine years with Poyle. And the Predators, the last two years, obviously, have gotten very good. And so the speculation is that Craig might go with, with a guy he knows well. And if this is the case, if it's Fenton, it won't take long because there's not going to have to be a lot of background work done. So if Fenton's their guy, my guess is Craig might talk to a couple people, but this hire would be made very quickly. Uh, apologies for this ignorant hockey question, but what have been the primary pipelines for Nashville to build the team that they've built the last few years? Is it mostly, I mean, like Winnipeg built from within. Totally and within. Like yeah. the Wild, it's mostly sightings and trades that yeah. they've bolstered Nashville's with. had some good drafts, draft picks for sure, and uh, and actually here's the funny thing. They've gotten good since Suter signed here which was not immediate, uh, but more importantly, uh, they traded a defenseman that, that, that they had who was very good, Weber, to uh, Montreal for P.K. Subban, which, is, which goes back to Collar's point, and it's a great one. There are five to eight, but certainly five GMs in this league who are idiots, and Montreal has one, who will make absolutely asinine, like 1980s types of what? What are you doing? Weren't trades? There stories about them trading Subban, like almost borderline if you read between the lines because they're racist. Oh, I mean, absolutely! It was like oh, he shows a little too much promotion. And then, and the... then Subban last year in warmups was essentially dancing around and goofing off. Milbury on NBC Sports called him a clown. There's no question that, but PK such a PK Subban's a great player. 
Uh, so they, they've made some good moves. But, uh, yeah, if Fenton's the guy, I think it gets done very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. That would be a, that would make good sense. Good scoop by right? Doogie, though. Last now, week. I think the question there would be obviously, you know, to what to what degree is Paul Fenton responsible for the Nashville success, or is he along for the ride? And is it success by association? Where oh, we're going to hire the guy who is or with does this he successful know, or thing. does he know the secrets? Could yeah, and who knows? Which is what what baseball's done now. So Just, you, yeah. you go find a guy who who has seen successful teams and can r- replicate that template. So yeah. I don't know for sure. So earlier today, what's the best setup here, Dave Harrigan? Uh, earlier today, Judd and Caller Dave, who have sparred in the past. I mean, I've sparred with Caller Dave, too. But Yeah, he hates you guys. No mostly question. like a Judd sparring thing. You guys fought about hockey and Chuck Fletcher. Absolutely. Let's Well, we'll just play it. This is what happened earlier on our show today. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, how are you guys? So well, I, I want to give a quiz to the hockey expert, Mr. Zolga, because you guys are so wrong. It's just unbelievable. Let's who, hear who, who are the three other teams that came in basically the same time frame as the Wild into the league? Who are Atlanta. The, yeah, Columbus. Columbus and Nashville. Uh-huh. You, you, know, you, you know, up until last year, you know how many times Nashville got to the second round? Do you know? I don't know off the top one, of my head, Dave. You tell me. one series. Do you okay. know how many? T- Atlanta made the playoffs twice. They got swept both times in 31 years until mm-hmm. this year with Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know how many games Columbus has won in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Total, including the two this year? How many games? Uh, probably about four. Three. Okay. So I'd say the Wild have been pretty successful o- over that span compared to Winnipeg, Nashville, uh, and Columbus. Wouldn't you say? Would but you they plateaued, Dave. They plateaued. I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for playoff berths. I'm looking for playoff success, Dave. He's going to be a passenger. Yes, he's going to be a passenger. He's one of the 15 top defensemen in the league. Well, you and Ryan believe that, Dave, but it's not true. And he's going to be a passenger. Yes, he's going to be. And so Zach. And you're going to trade. If you're going to trade Eric Stahl, you trade him at the trade deadline if they're going nowhere. How are you going to replace Eric Stahl's 42 goals? I'm not looking. I'm not looking to replace. I'm not looking short term here, Dave. I'm looking long term. This oh didn't God, work. This didn't work. Acknowledge it didn't work, Dave. What, what are you going to get for Eric Stahl? What am I going to get for Eric Stahl? He's coming off a 42-game season. I'm going to get a part that I can build with instead of just getting to the playoffs and doing nothing. Dave, are you listening? No. Okay, you need to let you... All the time and you're a moron, You need You need to be quiet and listen to what I'm telling you. The plan of July 4th, 2012 did not work. So let's consider what's going to be best for this team long-term. You've won 15 playoff games since those two star players arrived, and as I keep saying that Scoggins pointed out in the Sunday Star Tribune, it takes 16 to win a Stanley Cup. You've come nowhere near getting where you wanted to get that day. Oh, my God. You've got to be in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup, don't you? How are you going to replace their Jason Zucker's third? Say you, you say Jason Zucker can't play in the playoffs? Do you remember last year they're losing 3-1 to one mm-hmm. in the series to, to St. Louis? They're down by a goal in the fifth game. Who scored the tying goal like in the past, last two minutes on a great play? Who, who scored the tying Zucker goal? Zucker did, and guess what? They got eliminated, Dave. Who scored the tying goal? Did it work, Dave? Where did, did it lead Zucker you? Scored the tying goal? Where, where did it lead you to? Your couch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mediocre is if mediocrity if mediocrity is what you want. Like I said, thank God Mackey's not a Twins general manager, and thank I wish you were still on the Minneapolis Tribune, so you'd have a fallback position and you could write your column and you could write a column on your low ratings. Have you guys ever won a quarter of an hour? But you got all the answers for everybody else. You guys suck. Oh, it's the spirit of the okay. groin. Now that ah, now that Dave Harrigan, you and I are the fighting judges here. Yeah. 
So when I heard that interaction live, my first thought was split decision. Caller Dave got some really good early action in, but you know Judd made a comeback late. But I think the early rounds were so good. Like Dave came very prepared, and I almost I almost went Caller Dave in a slight edge there. Listening back, Judd had some great counter punches. Judd stood firm. Condescending Judd came in to play there for a little while too, which is always good yep. in a fight against a caller. Remember the uh, Mayweather McGregor fight? First couple rounds, let him get his action. Just kind of sitting back. Everyone thought, "Wow, wow, Connor, maybe you could do this. Maybe you could do this." And then about what third, fourth round, Floyd just said, "Ah, I'm gonna stop toying with him now." Put you to sleep, yeah. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna do my thing here. I feel like that's kind of how, and that's no disrespect to Dave. I'm sure he's a great MMA fighter. He's a great, you know, arguing at the bar kind of guy when the people are on the. But I mean. This is the big boys here. This is a professional. This here. is Judd Zolget. He yeah. is a pro. He's been doing it for years. He's been doing it for decades in the paper. Uh, obviously now on the air. I mean, I will say, did you have to quote Chip Scoggins? Chip doesn't have to fight all your battles for you, Judd. Okay. Chip had a great statistic. That's a great stat. Take sixteen games to win a Stanley Cup, and you've won fifteen since Crazy and Suter arrived. Yeah. Did you feel comfortable I love that in, in the fight? It felt like you 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 absorbed the early blows. You weren't expecting well, the early blows, but it seemed like you actually were... I was, and I thought it, it was only fair to let Dave start. I was looking for an argument that made more sense. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Like if you can give me I, I, the second time, can, I, hear, I agree. I don't know what Dave's argument. Yeah, was. Yeah, like but. His that they should do nothing? Like that they shouldn't try right. to get better? I don't understand what the right. argument is. And and this is this is not to say that we have uh bashed Fletcher all day long, but if you can come at me with uh well you don't get it, these six years have been great and here's why, I might say, Oh, oh, good point. But there's nothing. And this isn't a firing that's caused by you're awful and, and you stink, Chuck Fletcher. This is uh it's just time. Maybe his argument I think it's is- rational. Is Phil's argument variance in another universe with the same team playing against all these oh. same teams? Maybe they win two cups out of the last six years. Two cups might be a bit aggressive, but like for maybe, sure, like get to the cup. Maybe this is you know out of all the possibilities, this is the worst possibility, mm-hmm. and that just happens to be how the the dice roll. So that argument, I mean, that might be a valid argument, but here we are, anyways, after six years, and now the question is, what do you do with this like group of old guys and no move clauses and? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly what caller Dave's argument was there because I, I I with what Harrigan just said, I agree with that. All right, here are all the really good players you're going to have in the next six years. Go back to 2012. You're going to have Parisi and Suter prime. You're going to have Eric Stahl resurgence at one point. Uh, you're going to have a couple good years from a Pominville. Like you're going to make all these moves, Devin Dubnik and all these. What do you think best and worst case scenarios are? Worst case scenario, you'd say, well, you, you probably get in all six years, but just have early bounces. Best case scenario, you win at least a cup, right? So some yeah, some of it is like to one. some of its variance in that. Well, should they have gotten? Should they have beat the Blackhawks Leop- in one of those series? I mean, maybe Leopold though is doing what the Twins would not do. He's saying, "Okay, this is pretty good, but it can be better." The Twins said, "We're going to lose ninety games 07, five times." But the Twins yeah. said, "You know, Terry stepping down. Let's go to Billy because we're the Twins and we like to stay in." I think Craig is very is smart in the approach of, okay, this hasn't been a disaster, but you know what? I didn't sign two guys to huge contracts to not be a disaster. I signed them to huge contracts to win a cup, and I've come nowhere close. Do you think he's saying it's been pretty good, or this is pretty good? I think it's more he's saying 
it's been pretty good. I can see it falling off. Yeah, I think and I'm bored. I think he's saying and I think he's right. He's disappointed. But my point is it's not a disaster. It's not a oh my god, they took 18 steps back and they fell off the table. But I believe that he is impatient enough in a good way to see that there is an opportunity here to make a change that's going to improve the team. And as Phil said, and this is a thousand percent correct, sometimes you need somebody to come in and say, oh, yeah, your blueprint's not bad, but here's what's wrong with it. I mean, that's what, yeah, Falvey and Levine are a perfect example of that. Oh, oh, you guys don't even know what you don't know. Right. Let me show you what you don't know. Although I feel like the Wild have, you know, it's not for, the, the biggest difference between the Wild and the Twins, let's, well, let's come back and finish that thought. I'll tell you what the biggest difference is. And to be fair, to answer the question about Dave's argument, I think I know what his argument was. It's not about the wild at all. It's just simply that Judd's an idiot. (laughs) Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. We can do that. On 1500 ESPN. How? Mackie and Judd now continue. You're listening to The Wreck. Yeah. (laughs) That's a perfect name for us. We could just switch it right now. On 1500 ESPN. Northern Invasion returns to Somerset Amphitheater May 12th and 13th with a bigger and better lineup than ever. It includes Tool, Avenged Sevenfold, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, and more. This year's festival promises over 12 hours of music per day on three stages. For more details and ticket and camping options, head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in on how to fix the wild. You just fired is the wrong word. They just they aren't going to renew the contract of Chuck Fletcher That's fair. after nine years. All right, Twins had a drought from a, a drought where they went to the playoffs and then couldn't advance very far from, let's call it 03, because they did go to the ALCS in 02, so let's call it 03 through 2010. Mm-hmm. Wild, a six-year drought here from 12 through 18. And so the the patterns are similar in that they both have regular season rosters but lack the top-end talent, in the Twins' case, pitching and sometimes power hitting, to really go toe-to-toe with the best teams and come out on top more often. Um, they're, I think the biggest difference is the Twins were so provincial and hired from within solely and almost refused and mocked the notion of outside ideas for a long time. Mm-hmm. And and it got stagnant. And so it was the same problems. They couldn't find pitching. They couldn't develop they couldn't develop strikeout pitchers and in the wild, it's almost the opposite, where the wild have tried so many different Approaches with a couple different coaches, and they signed different two styles, huge contracts. Yep, big, Yankees, Yankees like contracts. Yes, big gambles in free agency, big time trades before the trade deadline. Their owner is definitely curious when it comes to For sure. Sport. If the poll ads were guilty of not being curious, Leopold is very curious about what's out yeah, there. I mean, you could argue the Wild have been like if the Twins' problem for a long time was stagnant and and lack of outside ideas and close to the vest and all those things. The Wild within a salary cap structure, have been one of the more hyper-aggressive teams in the league the last six years, and they just can't find their way to the conference finals. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest difference. Should we take a call here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Jeff, let's go 651-646-8255 if you guys have thoughts. Jeff, you're on the show. Hey, John, real quick. uh, Anybody that's arguing about Zucker in the playoffs, the number I heard was he had four goals in 32 playoff games. That's correct. But the other one with uh, Stahl is... If I could trade him and get a good haul, I absolutely do it. 
but I have no problem keeping him. But for these guys that want to give him an extension, are they forgetting he's going to be 34 years old next year? And also, are they forgetting Danny Heatley, Thomas Bannock, Jason Palmerville, and now Miko Koivu have all fallen off the cliff at about that age? Now, Stahl had a nice year, mm-hmm. but do you really want to extend him? And if you can't get, I mean, if you could get a haul for him, why would you not do that with our past experiences with players of that age? Amen. No, you're you're right. the The issue in this town, though, Thanks, the issue in this town is we're so appreciative sometimes, especially of veteran guys. Right. Well, let's just extend him. I mean, he did a great job. Let's extend him. Well, no, let's think about that. Koivu has been here a long time, and if Koivu can play for one team his whole career, that's fantastic. But if that's going to now cost you for two years of having to carry around a contract that you shouldn't, that's a huge mistake. We are, for a town that gets tired of of not experiencing the type of success we would like, we become very attached to people. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, in some things in life, that's a good thing. When it comes to family, they're your family. Mm -hmm. You're attached to them, you're attached to them. When it comes to athletes, it's not. There's no reason to. I'll go back to it. Case Keenum. What the Vikings did, which which could be considered to be rude and cold-blooded with Keenum, is the right move, which is you look at him as nothing more than how does he perform and what is our projection. And if your projection is, yeah, that was a really good year, but it's not going to be repeated because of age or ability, then you sever ties with that person. They're not people. They're employees that mm-hmm. you use for your team, and you would like to put together as many good ones as you can for for the sake of chemistry. But when it comes to, well, I'm just attached to this guy, if that's your bottom line, you're making a mistake. Do you think... I don't know. Like, we're going to have a whole off-season of speculating on on the how here, how this happens, but... Do you think there's a path with the current roster pieces and all of the no-move clauses for a new GM to come in here with a different angle and viewpoint, make three or four moves, and put this team deeper in the playoffs? Or do you think it's just like, the new GM's going to come in here and... If you can get to Edmonton's GM, who's a complete blithering moron, Montreal's, who is moron number two... Uh, if you can get to the Islanders, there's a there's a chance. Yes, this league, Collars nailed this. This league is filled with a group of GMs who are idiots. And if you can get to them, they will give you things they should not. Eric Stahl, if you can get the right trade for Stahl, it's going to get you way too much. If you don't get to them, I think the realistic view is that this might be n- not a rebuild, but a reset. Yeah. Well, the type of a team, couple year reset. I mean, the type of team that would be interested in a thirty four year old Eric Stahl would be a team that's on the cusp, the, right? So a team that maybe would be willing to gamble the Edmonton, five years of future on a really good young player. The Edmonton Oilers gave up Taylor Hall, who is an MVP candidate for a n- nice defenseman and nothing more. Yeah, If you can get that type of trade, it changes everything almost immediately. Uh, the Islanders, that was the team that gave up Nino, who hasn't quite panned out. I mean, he's been good. For Cal but he, Clutterbuck, yeah. who likes to hit people and gets, fakes, and gets fake statistics. You're right. How's Cal doing these days? Chirelli, he's still Bergevin, and Garth Snow are all idiots. And if you can get to them, you could immediately rebuild your so team. So the NHL is like our fantasy football leagues, yes. where there's there's 12 or 14 dudes, and there's always like the three guys where you can swindle them into, hey, here's why you should trade me Aaron Rodgers and yes. Le'Veon Bell. And they, don't, fi- and they don't immediately ends. fire them. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers have Connor McDavid, the best hockey player on this earth. He is right now the best hockey player that God put on this earth, and he's not in the playoffs because they're run by a blithering idiot. 
What would you have to give up for Connor McDavid? I give up my whole team. Would they trade Connor McDavid? I give up my whole entire roster. The no trade guys too. I say too bad you you've just been traded. Contest it with the union. <laughs> I give Edmonton everything for that one player. <laughs> and you'll make the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're back tomorrow. Wolves Rockets game four. We'll see if uh, we'll see if this can become an actual series, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. See you guys.